very pleasant hello to you wherever you may be. This is the 615 Preps Podcast, the week two edition. I am Chris Brooks. I've got Scott Burton and Christian Capozzi alongside. Fellas, say hello. What's up? Welcome. Guys, we're talking about week one results and some surprises. Uh, we've got some player performances to talk about. We have actual games we can talk about. You know, we, we talked last week about getting out of the uh, old scrimmages and jamborees type thing, and, and now we can talk about games that have actually happened. So that's a good thing. And a lot of good ones, too. Yeah. Oh, excellent. And a lot of surprises, too. So we're going to dive right in on that. Uh, we will get to uh, who you got later on in the show, picking the week two games. We'll also tell you who won week one. Here's a hint. You're listening to him. <laughs> we're also going to talk about some player performances and name our player of the week for week one. But first off, we want to get started with our game of the week from last week. Lebanon visiting Gallatin. Scott, you were over there. And uh, the Green Wave come out of there with a 28-7 win. It was a, a, a good performance for Gallatin and Chad Watson's debut. Yeah, it was an excellent uh, performance by the Green Wave. Uh, electric atmosphere. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better night for, for football for opening night. Um, you know, say what you will about offense. This game was about uh, will and focus and defense. Uh, both defenses showed up. Uh, Gallatin gets on board with a great pitch and catch. Uh, and that's took it into the, you know, so nothing to half. Um, and then it just became about capitalizing on mistakes. Muff punt. Um, and, uh, you know, Gallatin capitalized. All of a sudden they're up two scores. Lebanon comes back. But to me, the, the key, the biggest play of the night was a fourth and three stop. Uh, deep in green wave territory that Lebanon put together. Uh, score ties the game. Instead, Al, uh, Gallatin gets momentum. Uh, Briggs goes in, puts them up another two uh, two TDs. They took advantage of the breaks and won. Yeah, we got some audio from Chad Watson after the game, and we're going to go ahead and uh, play that for you right now. Uh, you said earlier in the week uh, on the program that you were concerned about how big you were up front. Your your, guy, your defense, except for like one, you know, it looked, except like one drive, you got your guys shut them down pretty much. What do you got to say about your defense? Um, Man, our defensive kids play really, really hard. Um, we've pushed these kids really hard this summer and conditioning and everything else, and I think it paid off late in the game. But it's, it's all about the kids. They're doing it. I'm not doing anything special. The other one's working their butts off. And our coordinators, uh, Coach Clemens, Coach Broderick, those kids see how hard they're working, how much time they're spending, and they trust everything they tell them, and their buying's been great. How big was that special teams turnover that you got put you up to school? Huge. And I'm talking about coordinators. Uh, Josh Atkins came up from Louisiana to run our special teams for McNeese State, and, man, he loves the special teams, and he gets those kids excited about it. And that was a swinging point in that game. We needed that one for sure. And your your offensive line kind of you took control of it in the second half. Uh, you uh, managed the field. Um, what do you got to say about those guys up front? Um, I, we were frustrated a little bit at halftime with our performance. We made an adjustment at halftime. We, we went to a different call. We blocked the front a little bit different than what we've been doing. And I told Briggs to be patient. Like, fourth quarter, your condition is going to pay off, and you're going to take this thing over. And it, happened to, it happened to work out that way. Just huge for momentum for that bunch to start the year with a win over Lebanon like that. And, uh, and now Gallatin gets to try to take the mayor's cut back from station camp this week. They're looking to avenge a loss from that rivalry game last year. Yeah, and station camp, they're, uh, they're coming off a, a hard one this past Friday as well. That was a uh, – Friday night and looking at scores, that's that's huge, as you mentioned, for Gallatin, especially against the Lebanon squad of 
Uh, we talked about it. This isn't the same Lebanon team that Gallatin was used to used to playing when they were in the same uh, District Nine AAA. It's a uh, it's a uh, it's a really solid win for Coach Watson to begin his tenure there in uh, Sumner County. Were you guys surprised by the result at Gallatin? Well, th- yeah, considering th- I picked Levin. <laughs> yeah, I, I was saying thing. I think somebody's trolling for you know a pat on the back. Here. Never, yeah. never, never. I was I was <laughs> su- kind of surprised about that final score too. Just a twenty-one point win for Gallatin. It was a. Uh, I thought, and I I know I picked Lebanon in the game, but I thought it was going to be close there, maybe a field goal touchdown difference, and Gallatin well, pulled away. I, yeah, and. Uh, I thought the same thing. You know, I was talking last week. It was hard to pick a winner in that one. It was. I thought it was going to be that close, and it really just came down to taking advantage of mistakes. Um, Lebanon moved the ball, but you know they they would make a mistake, or uh, you know Gallatin would. I think they had a couple of fourth down stops that uh, you know, that Lebanon just couldn't overcome. Now, another surprising score, I think, to a lot of people, Stewart's Creek. Over Mount Juliet in Week One, nineteen to fourteen, and they broke a twenty-eight game regular season winning streak by Mount Juliet with that win. Uh, on, a, on a scale of one to ten, how surprised are you at that result? Eleven. That's I was very surprised, especially seeing Stewart's Creek. I'm sorry, I'm going against the rules there with the eleven. Uh, but man, this Burt Brown is first game as head coach there, and Stewart's Creek they had they had a tough 2018, and uh, with Coach Martin leaving and. You just expect Mountain Julie, especially just to pick up where they where they left off the last couple of years, and only gave up 19 points, which for Mountain Juliet that's insane because they've been giving up about five points a game the last couple of years. I was totally shocked when I saw that on Friday night. Yeah, I was surprised as well. I I, I know that uh, Mountain Juliet was one of those teams that we you know we touted along with some of the others as a good chance to, and they still do have a chance. I mean, this is a, a one game, but uh, yeah, and. I knew that they were going to have trouble, you know, replacing some starters, uh, but I didn't realize that they were going to have this much trouble. But there were some injuries. My understanding is that they ended up having to resort to a wide receiver at quarterback. Uh, they lost their starting center during the game. Uh, you know, they just had mistakes and penalties. Another surprising result, East Nashville at Smyrna. 42 to nothing. Uh, Brian Waits brunch. That's ambush tactics when you go just burn a team like that on the road in, in the season opener. When we previewed 6A, especially Region 5, and being with Overton the last year now, the second year there, I, I've gotten to know that region a little bit. I was a little cautious when it comes to – I know we talked about Kane Ridge for sure, especially Smyrna. Uh, you lose Blake Watkins as a running back. He holds all kind of records there yardage-wise. Alex Bannister, their quarterback, both of those guys graduated. They, they've they got a lot coming back. We know up front they're really dominant. And you talk about Dallas Walker, the Texas A&M commit. But they've got to find some playmakers. And uh, I know we'll get to the Kane Ridge game as well too. Those two teams, they're going to have to fill – fill their, themselves out to begin the season because they're having to replace a bunch of playmakers. And talking about replacing playmakers, uh, I believe they lost uh, Mike Hartfield, uh, the running back, in that game. I don't know the extent of his injury, uh, but that's going to be costly for them. Um, and uh, I think Tig only went like 6 for 16 for 52 yards and two picks. So they're going to have to find a way to replace the running game or get that passing game up and going. Well, another – Really, really good result. Uh, Brentwood 
over NBA in overtime, nine to six, and what turned out to be just a, a defensive struggle and a classic one at that. Uh, Tom Craig of the Tennessean had a, a pretty good question in one of his articles. Do we need more public-private games? And I want to just to touch on that just briefly here. Uh, your thoughts on the public-private. We're, we're basically at a full public-private split now. We never thought we'd get to this day, but we're pretty much there. Do you kind of think that even though they're completely split, that should some of the D2 teams still have D1 schedule? in their non-region games. I think when it comes to when it comes to that, I think they're going to have to because with the way the Division Two set up and it's so, you know, there's only so many teams in your region. And, I mean, you look at JP2 and NBA right now, they've got to go out to Memphis and play a couple times this season. So I think scheduling-wise, when it comes to financial, you have to schedule. I mean, you could go against some of these other local private schools, but – I think you're going to see a little bit more. There's really not much to lose. I mean, you see an NBA in Brentwood, and for some reason it seems like always the trend starters in Williamson County. And I, I think they may have something here. I, I just don't see why not. Well, we, we, we have some of those already. I mean, we had Trousdale and Friendship. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we, so we do already have some of those out there. Uh, the, the, one of the questions I have is, you know, with Division Two teams, they've already got a loaded schedule. I mean, they like you said, they're going out and they're playing teams that are in their those divisions. Do they really need to add a tougher game to their to their schedule? Because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about games we want to see. We're not necessarily right. talking about games that are in the best interest of a program. Yeah, this isn't college football. I mean, that there's a big difference there in that every game there affects your postseason in college football. In high school, that's not the case. Your region games are really all that matters from a postseason standpoint. You qualify based on your region record and your region record alone. So these other non-region games, they're great for, you know, if you have a rival coming in to get a, a bigger gate to, to help, you know, bring more dollars into your program. But maybe we don't need to see a lot of those just because so there's so many of them that are mismatches. Yeah, and I I don't think it's – I saw one this, last, this past Friday, JP2 and Overton. Uh, JP2, I mean, put it to Overton 45-7. to You know what? I And I talked to head coach Cole Peoples with the Bobcats. It's a learning experience for them, too. I mean, you get an opportunity. And it's not like these, you know, Division II AAA teams are going to go out and schedule with 1A, 2A teams because then that's not going to be pretty. You see with the NBA, Brentwood, that's a good clash. You got to have some kind of you got to have some kind of balance. And you make a good point there, and that's why Brentwood Academy is, is scheduling two out of state games in the first two weeks of the season. They're not going to play a game in Tennessee until next week. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's and not to to dog on too many of these teams, but I'm telling you, there's some five A, six A teams where uh, the Division two AAA teams you go around and, and beat them up, as we saw with a couple of these games this week. I mean, you got to have that perfect match with NBA Brentwood to have a real good game because if you you get somebody else. I mean, these Division II AAA teams, the way that they're just they're stacked up front, especially that's what stands out to me is the size they've got up front on both sides. The way they train those linemen on both sides, they've got a size advantage that a lot of teams in this area, when it comes to public schools, that they don't have. And, and you know, there I know what we also like to see some crosstown rivalries, and, and for the most part, you know, those can be good. They could be good draws, but there are also some things that are really not great about some crosstown rivalries, especially when you talk about mixing uh, a private school with a public school. It can lead to extracurriculars. It can, you know, lead to, diff- you know, problems in, 
you know, in the community. I'm not, I'm not saying that that will happen, and I'm not saying it's a definite. I'm just saying it's another factor to look at when you're looking at whether or not you should be scheduling these type of games. No, that coaches have to weigh the benefits of, of doing it versus not doing it. I, I definitely see it from both sides. I think it's all about finding that right fit. You just can't go to your local your private school and say, hey, we're five miles away from each other, let's play each other, because it's just – it's got to be a right fit, and you got to have the personnel to do it, because, like I said, if you go way down on the classification, it's going to be tough. And especially yeah. if you're a public school and you see, like, assistance from private schools that are going around and then just kind of looking at your talent that's in the middle school ranks. Exactly. And, and people can say it doesn't happen, but I can tell you that it does. That is an excellent point. That is an excellent point. It has got to make sense – for both teams. Yes. And you, you're right. You have to defend your turf. Right, because, I mean, there are hard feelings for some schools against others just because of the fact that, you know, you've got kids in your feeder system in the middle schools that are winding up at private schools for one reason or another. And we're not, they're not saying that people are going and grabbing them, but I, we can't say that they're not either. That happens in public schools. Can you imagine what it would be like? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I digress. Good conversation, though. It's something that uh, glad that Craig brought that up because it's a good topic to have. And the Brentwood NBA game was a real was a real good you know, test for why those should happen. It's just unfortunate we don't get more of those classic games here and there. But uh, wanted to touch back on our poll question of the week presented by Milo Coffee House in Portland. From last week, we talked about the Blue Cross Bowl championship games and where we thought that they were best placed. Uh, most of you didn't like our choices. You all went other. And I'm going to pull that poll up now, actually, to see where we were. Yeah, if you're going to go with the other, you got to have you got to pitch in your ideas. <laughs> yeah. Don't just yeah. tell us you don't yeah, like yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah, make a comment on the poll. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know. You know, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your ideas. If you have a better idea than what we've thrown out there, and you probably do, then please comment. Uh, let us know, uh, you know, what your ideas are or why you disagree with ours. Yep. So 46% of you went the other, and 23% went Cookville, 23% Clarksville, 8% Chattanooga. I kind of figured that when I took Chattanooga that it wasn't going to get many votes. Well, we didn't leave you a whole lot of choice. No, you didn't. You did not. And uh, I was kind of left holding the bag there, but whatever. Uh, better better just to move on from that. Uh, our question for this week, we mentioned the surprises of week one. Which was the bigger surprise to you, Gallup, or Stewart's Creek over Mount Juliet or East Nashville's big shout-out at Smyrna? Oh, uh, Mount Juliet for sure, yeah. Absolutely. I Like I said, I had doubts about Region 5, 6A, about how the whole mix-up with the top dogs went. Uh, I did not expect that. I knew Mountain Juliet was losing some, some guys and the whole Reggie Grimes thing, but especially with Burt Brown and his first game as head coach, Stewart's Creek, that was a shocker. So I, I go uh, the Stewart's Creek game for sure. Uh, there, there's no lack of swagger for Coach Brown. You know, he said that this was his fifth program that didn't uh, – that he's got to, and uh, he's he's learned how to win. Um, so it you know there there's some swagger to those kids, but no, I never saw that coming. Is there another one that maybe had stuck out to you that you want to throw in? I'll bring up one, and not to pump my alma mater at all, but Wilson Central. I mean, the, beating the Yellow Jackets thirty-seven to seven, and 
you know, Springfield, uh, you know, last season they went to the semifinals. I know they lose Dayron Johnson, an electric playmaker for the Yellow Jackets, but seeing that score beat them by 30 points, and they had them shut out until halfway through that fourth quarter. That was kind of eye-opening because the Wildcats, they've been 3-7 and seven the last two years. Yeah. Uh, if, if I chose one, it would have to be uh, the Pearl Cone-Cane Ridge game. Uh, Pearl Cone just came out on fire, yep. and they and they didn't let up. And that really surprised me with that Cane Ridge team. Yeah, I think Cane Ridge lost their quarterback in that game, too. I think he had an injury that he knocked him out of that game. So, once that happened, they were kind of in, in some trouble in that in that contest. And that snapped another long streak for regular season wins. Cane Ridge had won 18 to that point. So, yep. uh, I'm telling you, the post-Devon Starling era for the Ravens, they've got to work some stuff out because they just – you know, it's been number five for so many years. All right, we've got four pretty good choices for you on the poll for this week. Uh, again, the poll presented by Milo Coffee House in Portland. Uh, take the time on Twitter at 615 underscore preps to vote on this, and we'll reveal the results next week. And hopefully we have another good question to toss out to the listening public. Next up, we get to the players of the week. We'll have that discussion after this. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Hey, folks, if you're in the Portland area, stop by Milo Coffee House. Daniel and his team have delicious drinks and breakfast items, as well as a full lunch menu. That's Milo Coffee House, 125 Main Street in Portland, 615-992-7036. Tell them the guys at 615 Preps sent you. I want to thank the Gallatin cheerleaders for that shout-out. Uh, they get the uh, they get the dibs on going first this week because they beat Lebanon, so we decided to put them in that spot. Totally fair. Yeah, yep. figure it's right. Anyway, next up is our Player of the Week discussion. We've got some guys we want to throw out with some pretty standout performances. Now, these are based on the stats that we've gotten. So if you don't hear one of your players mention and you think you should, get on your coach and have them send it to us at Midstate Preps Plus or email at midstatepreps at gmail.com. Send those stats in to us, and they can get mentioned next week. So first one that I want to mention is Hayden Lovely from Mount Pleasant. Big night for the Mount Pleasant quarterback. Five total touchdowns, 146 yards on the ground on 15 carries and, and two TDs rushing, and, and seven of 11 passing for 92 yards with three more scores through the air. That's a pretty good night. Pretty solid on the air and in the ground. Absolutely. Christian, who you got? I'm going to go with a guy I saw in person uh, last Friday, Antoine Roberts from JP2. Uh, He did it both as well, but when he was in the air, he was uh, catching it. 152 yards on the ground, uh, three rushing touchdowns, 72 receiving yards, and a uh, reception uh, receiving touchdown went about 61 yards. On the reception, very solid night. Just a junior. I see why he's got as many offers as he does. Yeah, he's got some SEC interest, and he's definitely going to get some more if he keeps playing like that. Could be a sneaky guy for Mr. Football when it comes AAA uh, Division Two into the year. Interesting yeah. to see what kind of interest he gets there, too. Uh, I have uh, – when I saw these stats, they just kind of jumped off the page, smacked me around a little bit and jumped back down on it. Um, Nick Semptonfelter from uh, Battleground Academy – uh, 21 to 28, 356 yards, five touchdowns against McGavick. Yeah, I mean, that, that jumps off the page when you see five passing touchdowns. Winner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know that this is much of a discussion when you we get those kind of numbers through the air, uh, especially at the high school level. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to vote winner there, too. So uh, Nick Semptom, helper from BGA, is our first player of the week. We are working on some stuff to hopefully pass out during the season, and we will get that out to him at some point. But uh, that is our player of the week discussion. Again, these are from stats that we've gotten from coaches. So once again, if you, if you want your kids being mentioned, get those stats to us. Get, to get them to us before Monday so we can discuss them. Our email at is midstatepreps at gmail.com and or on Twitter at 615 underscore preps. You can shout those out to us as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that, that leads into how you can contact us, Chris, as you said, uh, on Twitter at 615 underscore preps. Uh, Remember can, the underscore. <laughs> absolutely. You can catch me at, at MPP Scott. Catch Christian Capozzi at CP Capozzi 18. And you can find me at CBrooksTN. Same on Instagram, 615preps. And also visit our Facebook page. We'll have all of our content there as well. We start looking at week two up next. It's who you got. We'll get to that in a moment. This is the 615preps podcast. Hey, just a reminder that Mid-State Preps Plus is looking for you. We currently have openings for sponsors on both the Mid-State Preps Plus website and the 615 Preps podcast. Contact us at midstatepreps at gmail.com for more details. Hey, special thanks to the Lebanon High Cheerleaders for that shout out. Uh, Hopefully we can get more cheerleaders doing the same thing during the season. Uh, Our games of the week will give us a great chance to do that. So when we put the games of the week up after this podcast, make sure and vote if you want your school featured at 615 underscore preps on Twitter is where you'll find those polls. Now it's time for who you got. And last week was a bit of a, oh, I don't know what the word is Just get to it. Just get to it. Go away. (laughs) This false modesty is... It, it it's not a good color acting like on he's you. sorry for us or something. Yeah, oh, folks, yeah. the same modesty. I whipped every one of y'all. <laughs> not really. I I went six and four last week. That's not whipping anybody. Uh, a six hundred record. I'll take it. Uh, Trousdale County Gallatin, you're welcome. I picked you. You won. That's how it works. New game plan tonight. I'm trying not to match Scott's picks. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but I've got the same strategy. We're going to wind up doing it again. Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Uh, everybody else went four and six. Although I do kind of think week one is probably the hardest to figure out, just because there's so many unknowns. It's so tough for everybody. Everybody involved: players, coaches, us picking games. When you talk to coaches, you got no idea what teams are doing because they're not showing anything during scrimmages. So yeah, nobody knows. You know, nobody knows. They don't even know themselves, just as you as you put it. It's you really until you get your product on the field, you have no clue. No, uh, a lot of good games this week too. We start with uh, a team, or two teams that are ranked fifth in their respective polls: Pearl Cone and Three A, visiting NBA in Division Two AAA. They're both ranked fifth. Uh, NBA coming off that overtime loss at Brentwood, Pearl Cone entering 1-0 after their win at uh, last Saturday. Um, what do you like about this game, Christian? Well, I like NBA coming back home. I like them possibly. I think they're going to rebound. Uh, tough, tough game defensively, and I think that defense is really going to uh, 
probably give Pearl Cone some troubles. Uh, I like NBA in this one, especially getting back home, and and that was just a, a great game to start the 2019 season. I got a big red in week two. Well, NBA really, they controlled that game. I mean, they were up, you know, they, they what double the time of possession almost. Uh, you know, they just, uh, you know, they had to find a way to, to avoid mistakes. They had the missed field goals, turnovers, and red zone cost them game. But Pearl Cone dominated their game with Gainridge. It was close to the half. It's going to be close this game. But I'm going Pearl Cone. Here we go. Here we go. We've got the split. Now we finally get you two breaking apart. Yeah, I just I like I like that NBA defense, especially the way they Kate Granzow, the quarterback for uh, Brentwood, really good uh, quarterback. He's going to put up some big numbers. He was limited to 165 total yards. Interested to see what they can do against Pearl Cone this week. Now we're recording this on Wednesday, so there's still time to vote of these polls. We have them out on Twitter at 615 underscore preps. Um, vote up until game time on Friday, and, and we'll – Reveal the results next week. Early voting kind of leaning toward NBA in this one, 59% going that way. I'm going to go with the Twitter voters. I'm going to go with NBA. I think this is a very close game. Pearl Cone gives them a run for it, but I think NBA does bounce back from the loss last week and, and, and gets their first win. So put me down in the NBA corner. Next up, um, Hillsboro at Answorth. More of the public-private discussion that we were talking about earlier. This is another good one. Yeah, I mean, Ensworth, uh, <laughs> they – they did a number on Tresement last uh, last yeah. week, fifty-seven to nothing. They had twenty-nine points in the first quarter, twenty-one in the second. Um, you know they held them to forty-one <laughs> yards of total offense, so it was it was a pretty dominant performance. But you know Hillsborough had a tight game. You know at least in the first half, they were only up fifteen-eight against Maplewood at the half. Um, but I just don't see right now. I see Ensworth winning this one. We're different, different twice in a row now. Give me Hillsboro. Uh, Brian Covington, the running back uh, for them last week, had a huge week, did all kind of stuff, scored a, a touchdown uh, in the run game on special teams. I don't know. They're going to go to Innsworth, and I, I think you're probably Innsworth probably the favorite here, but I see what the Burroughs do here and see if they can really extend themselves away from that 5A pack in the region. With uh, Now you see Gallatin creeping back up. Let's see if Hillsboro can still keep themselves – uh, top of that region. I like how this is going. Uh, split these up. I, it, it should make for a little bit better record for somebody this week, I hope. <laughs> but um, I like Innsworth in this one, too. I think Hillsborough does, you know, do some good things and keeps this thing close for a while. But, you know, you, go to, you beat Shrezovic like, like Innsworth did. That's a statement win to open the year, and I think Innsworth is going to improve to 2-0 after this week. Um, next up is Riverdale at Franklin. This is a rematch of a Blue Cross Bowl championship game from 15 years ago. Um, you know, this one this is kind of hard to call for me. Yeah, I'm going Riverdale. <laughs> uh, I, just Franklin, last couple of years, they just haven't been themselves in that region, especially overall. Uh, Riverdale, really good start, 42-6 over Clarksville Northeast last week. Uh, problem here with Riverdale is they're getting uh, ready to go on the road. This is the first game of a three-game uh, road uh, uh, road visit for Riverdale, and uh, they got a region game coming up. I think they're going to be on their game, and I like them against Franklin. Yeah, I, I, I like Riverdale as well. Um, yeah, my, the thing that stood out to me is the defense held Northeast to 23 rushing yards and only 60 passing yards, while Franklin, uh, uh, they gave up 225 total yards. 
I think that uh, that Riverdale's defense is just uh, right now is something to to behold. So I'm going to go with uh, the Warriors here. Yeah. I am going to make it a clean sweep. Uh, right now, the the Twitter poll is it's at 61 percent in favor of Riverdale. I'm going to go ahead and make that four for four in Riverdale's corner in this one. Uh, Franklin Franklin at home should make this pretty close, but you know, I think Riverdale will, will get away with that one with a win. Uh, we didn't mention Ensworth, by the way. 88% voting for Ensworth in that game against Hillsborough right now. It's still early, though, so that could swing a little bit before before game time on Friday. But we move on. Another rematch. This time, a 5A semifinal from last year. Henry County visiting Beach. Patriots knocked Beach out of the playoffs last year. It was a 13-7 win. Um, Henry County goes to Beach this week, and the Bucks are going to look for some early season revenge there. I like the Buccaneers in this one. I think they're going to be focused. They went to Jackson Northside and, and came out with a pretty solid victory there to open the year. They, this is their home opener. Um, Anthony Crabtree will have those kids ready, and it's going to be a low-scoring defensive game again, I kind of think. These two teams have put together some really entertaining ball games in the last few years. This is a pretty good rivalry, but I think Beach comes away with this one. Wow, that would be Henry County going 0-2 to start the season. And as much as I don't see that happen, I do see it happening. I'm going Beach. Yeah, I agree. Henry County coming in off of a, uh, a loss to Haywood 24-7 to open up, and it's their second consecutive road uh, road game. I think they might be looking a little bit more to week three. They play Dyer County week three. That's a region game for the Patriots. I like the Buccaneers here. All right, so – Four for Beach, 86% voting early on for Beach as well, so it's a clean sweep there as well. Uh, let's see. Next up, Clarksville at Springfield. Springfield felt – they debuted in the poll at number seven in 4A after their loss. They kind of fell a little bit from their preseason their preseason polling. But uh, um, this is a big one for Springfield. They've got to, they've got to bounce back, and they got to do it fast. Yeah, you talk about uh, surprises at the beginning of the season. Now, we knew Springfield was going to have some question marks, and they do, a lot of young players. Boy, it showed. 37-7 loss to Wilson Central. They were down 23 nothing at the half. Now, they had several turnovers. Uh, Clarksville, you know, they, they won against Rossview, uh, but it was, uh, it was late before they pulled away. Um, but I'm going Clarksville here. I just I, – I don't know if Springfield's got it together yet. I gotta agree with you. I just, I think Springfield, and we brought this name up several times. Dayron Johnson, just a playmaker that he was for the Yellow Jackets, and they're just trying to find somebody to replace him. You mentioned Clarksville uh, gets past Rossview, and they uh, they beat Springfield last year, thirty-eight twenty-one. I think I, I uh, I'm gonna go Clarksville as well. Uh, okay, I I like that argument. Um, I, I think Springfield they've still got some soul searching to do. Uh, Clarksville, I think, seems to be the pick here, and, and I'm going to agree with that. It's a 62% in favor of Clarksville. I, I side with that, and Clarksville will will get four votes here for the, for the moment anyway. Uh, we've got five more games to pick. We'll get to those shortly, but we're going to take a break here. This is the 615 Preps Podcast. Guys, nothing beats experience for a football team's success, unless it's experience and skill. Yeah, fellas, if it's a home you're looking for, Stacy Bronner with Ben Bray Real Estate and Auction Company has all the tools. He has listings all over Middle Tennessee. Yeah, as an agent, Stacy can list that property for sale, or he can help you find a property that's the right fit for you and your family. So if you're thinking about selling your property, Stacy can help with a free analysis of your home's value. Give Stacy Bronner a call today at 615-388-5595. That's 615-388-5595. 
Welcome back. We've picked five games. Nope, now five to go. Next one on our list for who you got is JP2 at Lipscomb Academy. Uh, Trent Dilfer's debut went about as well as expected. Probably even more so, I would think. <laughs> but uh, now the Mustangs have a real test in their hands. I would love to go with Trent Dilfer here, but I don't think I can. Uh, after watching JP2 last week, Antoine Roberts, he's a real deal at running back. Uh, they got a guy at Sawyer Watts who went from wide receiver to quarterback, and he's the real deal as well. He threw for over 200 yards and a couple scores. I tell you what, I was really impressed with Justin Geisinger, the head coach for JP2. He's now been calling plays since 2014. He's been the head coach since the 2015 season. And I brought it up last Friday night to some of the guys I was watching the game with. Just everything they do, it looks the same. You just don't know what's coming. So I, I like the Knights here, and as much as I want to think Trenton Dilfer and the uh, Mustangs uh, can hold in there with the Knights. I, I'll go with uh, JP2. We mentioned something about JP2. Uh, a lot of people around the Mid-State probably don't really see them that much. They're one of the better teams in this in this area, and, and I think they just don't get enough play because they play in such a difficult region. I mean, they're sitting sixth and seventh in their region every year, but they're they're very much a capable ball club. Well, and it got even worse now that they've been moved in with the Memphis group in that uh, Division II AAA. And I mean, yeah, when you got NBA in your region and you got to play them, and it's just they're they're a good ball club, and that's the reason why they just won their first ever playoff game last year. And I would I think they got an opportunity to win some more this year. Yeah, getting that monkey off their back was huge for that program and their confidence. I mean, just. It's been so long since I mean they've been had some close losses. They had players like Golden Tate there and couldn't win a playoff game with him, and and now to finally win and get that monkey off their back is a huge weight off that school's shoulders. They've got all kind of playmakers too. I know we talked mostly about Antoine Roberts and the week he had, but uh, with Sawyer Watts, what he can do in the passing game, they've got a wide receiver, Rory White. He's a Air Force commit already. He's a big target. Uh, they threw just a couple fades to him a couple times where, I mean, you know you give it to Roberts inside the 10, he's probably going to score. But just to give him an opportunity, he is a big, lengthy receiver. They can they can hurt you either on the ground or in the air. So I, I like the Knights. Uh, this is upcoming Friday, and I like them going into this uh, 2019 season. Yeah, I think the Knights are going to be a, a team to be reckoned with regardless of their opponent. Uh, and, and I like them this week as well, so put me down for JP too. Yeah, I, I I really would like to disagree with you and, and go with uh, Lipscomb, but I just don't know what we saw last week out of Lipscomb. It was such a, you know, it was it's such a lopsided game. You know, they're up sixty-three to nothing at the half. Is that does that speak to how dominating they are, or does that speak to the problems that Glencliff is having? I don't know. Well, and I wouldn't hold my hat on Lipscomb Academy scoring an, another three touchdowns on special teams this week. So, I mean. That's a good. That's a, another good point. Um, so, I'm going with the Knights as well. Yeah. The, the pollsters appear to be going with us, too, on that uh, 58% for JP2. And it's at this, at this point in the voting. Hey, I tell you one thing to watch in this game, though. Really excited to see who the pregame concert is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had Cheryl Crow. It's a pretty, pretty good way to begin the year. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens after that. Yeah. How do you top that off? Uh, he gets Jimmy Buffett in there. I'm there. Okay. That's... We might be canceling some plans if that happens. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. What they're doing there is just unbelievable. Everything he's is. done. It is. I mean, it's a really good marketing concept. I like what they're doing over oh, there. They're, yeah. they're getting their name out. I honestly believe that he's going to change the game. Uh, he already has in a lot of respects. I think he's going to change it even more for uh, 
you know, for football in the mid-state. And the story's so wild, too, because it's not like he had a bunch of connections. I know his daughter plays volleyball there, but it's just the whole story overall. And I know they got the big win on week one, but I think it's interesting to watch them throughout the season, what they do. Hey, Trent, if you're listening, um, get Garth Brooks over here. Please. Or, hey, we are all, we're always looking for guests here. Can, hey. can, can, I, can I put them up? For, uh, we need to get HBO. I'd like to see Hard Knocks do their – Story in the preseason. Ooh, there, there's there's one, <laughs> there's one. <laughs> Despite all the all the good things that are going on over there, we must move on to another game. Um, Independence at CPA. Uh, <laughs> these are two teams that, that that took it on the chin a little bit last week in their in their first game. They both come off losses. Uh, Independence right now, seventy six percent say that the Eagles will bounce back and win at CPA. I, I don't know. I don't know how to call this one. I just these two teams have got to figure out, you know, what they're going to do to to replace some playmakers. And and week one wasn't enough to show it for me. Well, I mean, truthfully, Independence was leading that game, and they give up twenty fourth quarter points, including a pick six that put the game out of reach. You know, they give up three hundred fifty one total yards. Um, you know, one hundred eighty six on the ground. You know, I do think this will be a, a high scoring game. Uh, I think Ethan Cash will add to his 172 yards passing. And, uh, the uh, you know CPA losing the Evangelical Christian uh, over in Cordova, they only managed the late score. I'm I'm with the I'm with the Eagles on this one. I'm with the people as well. I like the Eagles, and this is it's kind of funny the, the way that they've played the last couple of years. It's kind of a trend what they've done. They've gone out and played really tough talent to begin the year 2000. Now they lost. This is their third consecutive opener that they've lost. They played Oakland in 2017, and the Patriots uh, destroyed them in that one to open the season. Last season, they open up uh, with Oakland again, and so they go out, and I know maybe Summit's not the same level as Oakland's been, but I'm telling you, Summit's going to be a really good team this year. I like the Eagles, and I that's uh, their final one before they get home. They get three home games after the CPA matchup. And I, I think the Eagles, they'll take a little momentum going into that Centennial game. I'm curious to see how Engel Martin's bunch recovers after last week. And this is a good way for them to do that. They'll find out a lot about who they are this week. We've gone basically across the board in the last four games. I'm going to break that trend. I'm going with CPA here. I think I think that the, the Lions get one, get one back and – and, and get to one and one, and it'll be it'll be a huge win for them if it can do so. Well, and they're part of an interesting story from week one of just how many champions from a year ago fell. I mean, we it just it was kind of crazy how many went out of nine, and we always get to the conversation: is that too many? Uh, but I think there was too many losses from state champions. We talked about uh, the repeats a couple of years ago, and that gave, gave us a little bit of a shock last week. How oh. many and CPA a part of that group? Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of changes for a lot of those teams that, that led to some, you know, some week one turmoil. But I, I, I think it speaks. Uh, I think it speaks to the quality of football in the mid state too. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the teams are getting better and better, and that talent is spreading out. And Nashville, with as Nashville grows, that's going to continue that trend. Yeah. Speaking of one of the matchups, that a quality matchup on paper, Brentwood at Cane Ridge. Now on paper, this sounded really good before the season. But last week, Cambridge loses their quarterback in the first game, and we don't know his status for this week. If he's not able to go, this is going to be difficult for the Ravens. I think it's going to be difficult either way. You just saw what Brentwood did to NBA, a defensive battle. And, and look, Cambridge, 
the offenses might be kind of similar with the way they want to put up points, but I think that defense for Brentwood, holding NBA to six points, I think I, I like Brentwood here. And, you know, Kane Ridge, they haven't started 0-2 since 2013, so it's been a little while. And 26-point loss last week, it's, it's their worst defeat since they lost to Maryville in the 6A championship game in 2017. So I, uh, I'm i going to go with the Bruins. Yeah, I mean, it, really, if it wasn't for Stewart's Creek, I think Brentwood pulled up the win of the week, holding off NBA. Um, this was a defensive battle, but uh, this, this is a big test. But – just so many questions around uh, Clemens if he's not healthy. Uh, you know, it's hard to see Kane Ridge starting on two, but I think that's what happens. I think uh, Brentwood wins this one. No. For me, uh, you know, winning like they did against the NBA, that, that's, that's a pick them until further notice team for me. Uh, I, I can't go against Brentwood right now in, in this situation. Like I said, this game looked better on paper than it does right now. Uh, the voters are out there. It's 90-10 in favor of Brentwood. They're, they're kind of seeing that Brentwood looks like a juggernaut. I will say this. Cane Ridge, win or lose this one, they've got to get it together quick. They've got five region games following this one. I mean, at McGavick, at Stewart's Creek. So they're on the road the next two. They've got five region five, six, eight games upcoming. So whatever their problem is, if it's, you know, the health at quarterback or if they're just trying to find playmakers, they're going to have to do it pretty quick because they've got some important games coming up. Yeah, so, so Brentwood gets across the board voting here. Two games left. We go east for the next to last one. A, a county rivalry with some lower classifications. Smith County at Gordonsville. Scott, um, <laughs> uh, Gordonsville looks like a really, really strong 1A contender, and they got to deal with uh, their brethren from Carthage coming over on Friday. Yeah, Smith County outlasted Macon, uh, was, uh, but that game was close. It was a late interception that kind of sealed it. Um, Smith County can run the ball. Uh, it's not going to matter if they don't hold on to it. They had some turnovers in that game, too, that kept making in it. Uh, Gordonsville, they gave up 230 yards rushing. You know, they gave up uh, it's a 7.7-yard average, three TDs against Watertown. Um, but the game was only 7 nothing at the half. Um, but, you know, I, and as much as I am leaning, to, I'm going to have to go with Gordonsville on this one. Same. Uh, yeah. Gordonsville returns home and, you know, Watertown, the way that they've played the last couple of years, uh, very solid. And, uh, you know, Smith County, like you said, 13-9, gets right past Macon County. And uh, Smith County, they've, they're kind of the road warriors right now. It's their second uh, game on the road of a four-game road trip to open up uh, 2019. So I, I like the Tigers. Yeah, Smith County had to feel very fortunate to get out of Lafayette with a win on Friday, 13-9. Uh, a late interception in the end zone ceiling that one. They, they had – Put the ball on the ground twice deep in Macon County territory. So they they almost really gave that game away despite making turning the ball over four times. So the Owls have to feel pretty fortunate, and and Gordonsville's probably not going to give them the same opportunity. The Tigers look really solid to me, and and our team to watch in in some of our lower classifications in one A. And I'm going with Gordonsville on this one. So and so the pollsters. 57% in favor of Gordonsville, so it's a, a Gordonsville sweep on that particular game. we got one more left, and it's our game of the week, and it's a big one. Ravenwood at Blackman. Uh, Ravenwood, number four in 6A. Blackman, number five in 6A. These two are – it's an early season clash that really will find a lot of I, 
I, I kind of think we'll find more out about Blackman than we will Ravenwood. Uh, Blackman gets gets beaten by Alcoa last week. Al, Alcoa, I've always said, is a 6A team in 3A clothing. So they really had a good test last week, and Ravenwood's is not going to make it any easier. Well, and Blackman led that game. I mean, first half, they were up 11. Alcoa storms back. They score the final 20 points. I, I totally agree. I think this, we're going to learn a lot about Blackman. They haven't started 0-2 since 2006. Uh, the next four games are on the road. They don't return uh, back home until October 4th when they take on Oakland. Uh, so it's it's a little while until they are back in the inferno. But you know what? I mean, Ravenwood, they're already 1-0 and in their region. Uh, defeated Centennial 49-21. We talked about their quarterback, Garcia, just a great quarterback, one of many there in Region 6-6A. I just I, I don't think Blackman can recoup fast enough because, uh, they you know, they played Saturday. Uh, I like the Ravenwood uh, Raptors in this one. Uh, Blackman, uh, that game against Alcoa, as you said, it, it, th- we're going to learn a little bit more about Blackman this week. But, you know, they just couldn't get things going in the second half. But how does that game go if Jones doesn't return that kickoff before half? Blackman was up and in control. Kickoff, Alcoa runs it back. Yeah. You know, turn momentum right at the half. Hey, there we but, go. Special teams talk again. You always got to get it in. <laughs> <laughs> we're running out of time in this episode, so we had to get it in really <laughs> quick. So. quick. But, yeah. you know, Ravenwood also controlled the game against Centennial. But I'm going with the home. I'm going with Blackman here. I think the blaze burns the birds here. Well, so let's review real quick. Um, we're across the board on Gordonsville. We're across the board on – Brentwood across the board on JP2 Clarksville Beach we're across the board Uh, Riverdale we're across the board we all went with those picks a couple of different ones a couple of different ones on Procone NBA Scott you took Procone everybody else took NBA Let's see you took Hillsboro over Ensworth everybody else takes Ensworth No Christian took Christian took Hillsborough. I took Innsworth. Okay. Let's make, let's make that change here. Okay. So, now now we are, we do have some differences this week. Yeah. So. Did you mention who you were taking in this last game? Yeah, Ravenwood. Okay. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I didn't hear it either. <laughs> well, you, you heard it here. It's Ravenwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. So, well, I'm, I'm on that island by myself. You are on the island by yourself. Okay. Scott's trying to climb back up that leaderboard. He, uh, he's he got to make some yeah. – you know, make some – Picks that are a little bit out there. Well, well yeah. if anybody's going to make picks that are out there, it's going to be me. <laughs> you you got to get on that ledge if you're going to get out of that hole. That's it. Week man. two, he's already taking shots. Uh, <laughs> oh, we've got 14 more weeks of this. It's going to happen every week. I just just get ready for it. Uh, and we get you ready for week three next week in the next episode. Uh, we want to throw out four games that for you to vote on for our game of the week and for week three. The choices are Mount Juliet at Lebanon. Trousdale County at Watertown, Davidson Academy at Nashville Christian, and Lipscomb Academy at Franklin Road Academy. We will put that poll out to you on Friday, and you can start voting for that game at that point. We will make our, we will have our choices on Monday and reveal that one on the next episode. Some really good games on that list. Oh, yeah. So, well, thank you for listening. This is the week two edition of the 615 Preps podcast. 
For Scott Burton and Christian Capozzi, I'm Chris Brooks. We will see you all next week. Have a good one. See ya. Peace. Six One Five Preps Podcast is a production of B Squared Media LLC.